Hello, everybody. I wanted to make a special episode for you. Just a, just a little one. I thought I'd just post it whenever, but I'm only 10 episodes away from being at 100 total episodes made. And I just kind of wanted to share where I'm at with it, how I'm feeling about it, what have I learned, what have I felt, what's the future of it. And overall, just kind of a layout on what I could see this potentially being someday. Well, to start things off, how do I feel? Well, I feel just as happy as the day I started it. And there's so many times I go back to the day I first created the email to even create this account. And I look back on it, and I think it was right after the new year, or right before the new year. And honestly, I look at it, and I think of how much better my life is since I started that. I started that because I wanted to change. I wanted to make something I was proud of. I wanted to make something that I made me feel accomplished. A dream. It's something I've always wanted to do. And I know everybody that's ever listened, no matter who you are, what you look like, what you smell like, I know every single person has had a dream of who they really want to be. And I know that for me, that person is capable of doing what this is here. So I'm glad I started it. And I'm just as happy since then. Things that I've learned. I've learned presence, how to talk in front of the mic, quieter and closer or further away and louder. I've learned all sorts of tricks like that. I've learned how to make a presence on social media. Everyone learns their own things. For me, I am terrible at social media. I don't like sharing my life. I don't like sharing everything that I do. And that's difficult when you want to be in a, you know, in a situation where your voice is heard by thousands of people. It's not an easy thing to do. But I've also learned what things work best. Being genuine, having a good message, truly caring about what you do. No matter who it is, you can see people that are uber successful, but when you really look at them, you can tell that they have no passion for what they do. And at the end of the day, you can see which people care about what they do and which people were able to succeed in something but don't have a care in the world for it. This is something that I love. I love to do it. I love to create for you guys. I can't wait when I do a segment that I really like or make a joke to make you guys laugh. I can't wait to see what it becomes. At the end of the day, though, I've also learned one thing, especially in a world where you want to try and make other people feel entertained, especially in an industry like this, if you truly try and make it a career. One thing that you have to learn is the balance between caring about yourself and your audience. Again, it's a weird feeling when you're making content like this because you don't know how it's going to be received until you share it with other people. For me, I think about how, you know, sometimes a day can be felt different depending on how many people listen to the show. I had almost uh, 12 people the other day listen to one of the episodes. It was awesome. It was really cool. 12 listeners, a couple of them were new. The fact that we had several new listeners, it's its something that's special. But I also don't want that to affect my mentality. I also understand that we're in the offseason in one of the biggest sports in, in the U.S., which is football. On top of it, we have baseball. That's in the middle of the season. There's not much crazy stuff going on there when it comes to the news or topics. And then basketball and hockey are wrapping up tonight and last night. So 
it's very difficult to also look past it when you don't get as much uh, when it comes to listening. When you don't get as many viewers, listeners, likes, comments. You have to find that balance in between. You have to find the the true... I know I keep saying balance, but it's truly where I'm at. You have to find yourself and your audience, and you have to find the best way of merging it together. You have to find a lot. Man, where's Waldo would love this segment? <laughs> Talking about having to find things. But when it comes to mentality, there's a couple things I've learned. As someone that has a hard time, or I'll flip it this way. I'm someone that used to let people run me over. And what do I mean by that? Um, I would let other people's thoughts on things that I cared about affect how I cared about them. If I liked a certain movie and someone said, that movie's dumb. Yeah, you're right. That movie's dumb. I didn't like it at all. Or I have this really cool idea. That's a stupid idea. What do you think you can do that? Nah, you can't. Oh, yeah, you're right. I, I, why did I think of that idea? And that is how I let myself make decisions way more important than just starting a podcast. I felt like a coward a lot of times. And being able to start this put me in the driver's seat and I make the decisions for it. And even if it's just a little bit, a little slice of my day, it's something where I have the creative freedom and nobody's going to tell me how to do it. And I, I love it and I appreciate it. And it's a little glimpse of my day that I enjoy. Another thing that I've learned, on top of that, in a world of oversharing everything, I've learned that it's best to keep some of your best ideas to yourself. One, so people don't take them. But two, so people don't shut them down. If someone said to Steve Jobs, you're an adult, in a garage trying to make computers. Do you really think, you know, and, and he believed it and he's like, yeah, you're dumb. What am I thinking? Or I'm dumb. What am I thinking? I'll just go flip some burgers at McDonald's and get a, and get a job. But you think, you think he would just give up on that and just move on? Where do you think Apple would be today if that was the case? If anyone that ever had a good idea listened to the first person that doubted them, do you think they would... How many inventions, how many luxuries in this world, how many gifts, how many... How much, how much art, how much media would be gone from the world if they listened to the first person that doubted them? And that was a big hump that I had to get over. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. It's none of your business. I don't need to tell you. I'm making a show, and I'm doing it for myself. And if you care to listen, I'm happy to have you along. And I'd love to have you share that with other people. I didn't share this show until about 10 to 15 episodes in. Because I wanted to make sure that I was doing it for me and not other people. And once I realized that, I knew that this is something that mean, meant a lot to me. So when it comes to where I'm at, I think that this is something that I would love to do as long as I can. And I think that this has really helped me change as a person. Make me someone that uh, is more confident in myself. Makes me someone that makes me feel more knowledgeable in the things that I can do. I love to entertain and I love to make people happy, feel informed, feel laughter. And the fact that I can do that every single day means I know I'm in my place. And so again, 
The other thing that I've learned with it is that I always have room to learn. I'm not good at this. I am 89 episodes in, going on 90 right now, and I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm not good at it, and I know I'm not good at it. There's times where I mess up. There's times where I'm yawning in the middle of the podcast. There's times where I've had to hold a sneeze. There's times my episode came out late yesterday because I didn't uh, process it right and it didn't come up when it was supposed to. I make mistakes. I get that. I'm not going to apologize for them. I'm getting better at it, though. And I only look for the positives in each situation. I don't know where I'm really going with this. I don't know if this is free therapy for me, if this is informative to anyone at all. The only thing I could really say with it when it comes to creativity. I lived in a world for a while in my head where I wasn't able to be creative. I wasn't good at it. I didn't deserve it. And I've done creative writing for fun now, and I'm getting into that. I'm getting into podcasting, of course. I've made some videos, video editing, digital art, made the logo for my own show. I love it all. And I know how much happier I am. I know how much more proud of myself I am. And at the end of the day, that's all I really need. And it sounds selfish to almost say that I I need it just for myself. But at the end of the day, we're all people. But at the end of the day, you're the only one that is going to feel the repercussions of every action you've ever made. And I know that unleashing my creativity and making me a happier person is something that was well worth it. So I love that little monologue. I hope you enjoyed it as well or whatever the case is. But I thought that was something that was needed to be shared going into our 90th episode, only 10 away. I don't want to just be a useless drone or something like that that just shares you the local news i truly want to show and share everything that truly means to me i love sports sports is one of my favorite things in the entire world i know i have a lot of knowledge in it and i would love to share and entertain and inform the people that listen so with that being said like i say all the time let's get into our episode Well, to start things off, I will say congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights. I am saying this premature. They just ended the second period, but it is six to one against the Florida Panthers. Um, the Panthers have no chance of really coming back at this rate um, against the Golden Knights. Uh, they again down by five goals with one period to go. Even if you win that, you have to win three straight. You're not coming back from a 3-1 series lead. So congratulations to the Golden Knights' victory over to Panthers. Don't know why I'm saying that. But anyway, um, hockey season is over. It's done. The Stanley Cup champions are going to be the Knights. Congratulations to them. Now, I did take the Panthers to win this Stanley Cup, and I thought they were probably going to win in six or seven games. But unfortunately, like I said with the previous episode, the Panthers simply ran out of gas. They, similar to the Miami Heat, both Florida teams were underachievers with high-end talent. They were able to sneak into the playoffs after almost getting eliminated. And then, what do you know? They catch on fire, eliminating teams left and right that should have beaten them in series. This is honestly a very similar script. 
apparently the NHL and the NBA scripts looks like someone plagiarized because they are very, very similar. So that is the case when it comes to hockey. If you are interested in interacting with the show more, feel free to check out my Facebook page. It is in the description of my Spotify. It'll send you a link to the page. If you follow it, you'll get notifications on all of the new podcasts. I sometimes share videos, clips, pictures, all of the above. Bottom line, though, is if you want to interact with other fans of the show, add your comments into things. I love talking sports with all sorts of people. So, If you are interested, again, check out my Facebook page in the link below. All right, I'm going to sell you on this next segment like a sleazy car salesman. Ready? Slap in the hood right there. Hey, listen, I think this is a segment. It's going to be so spicy, so interesting that you're going to want to turn your volume up now. Why do you ask? Well, (laughs) Simple. Even though you're turning the volume up right now and your phone's warning you saying, hey, listening to something this loud could damage your ears for the foreseeable future, it is worth it. Now, we do have a long NFL offseason, so I think it is fun to talk some shooty hoops. I know the NBA Finals just ended, but hey, I have kind of an interesting proposition. And that topic is... Is the U.S. no longer the biggest face in basketball? Why? What a ridiculous proposition. Max, get the hell out of here. What are you thinking? Hold up. Let me explain. To start things off, we got the NBA. This is an easy one for me. I start to look at a repeating thing that has happened in recent years of basketball. Look at the teams that are winning the championships. Look at the best players in the league. Look at the next wave, the youngest ones. When I am speaking about the new era of basketball, I am seeing an era that does not include a lot of American players as the best talented players. Why is that? To start things off, let's look at some of the biggest American players right now. LeBron, obviously. Steph Curry, Obviously, Kevin Durant, yes, Jimmy Butler. Let's look at some of those names like that. Yes, huge, huge, huge names. All right, so why am I saying that? Why am I saying America is not good when it comes to basketball when these names exist? Well, the fun fact about all those names, they're all in their 30s. They're all grandpas of the sports world. They come from a different era, a different time, And they are still kicking butt in today's league. Now, look at the newer players. Who are the best young players now? Still in their 20s. Still kicking butt. Maybe winning rings. Who's going to be in the finals for a few years? Here are some of the names that I'm seeing. Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic, and Giannis Atenekumpo. Huh. What's interesting about all of those names? All of those players? None of them are American by any means. On top of it, these are some of the most skilled players in all of basketball. Yes, these names might not be 100% at the top right now. LeBron and KD obviously still exist. Curry's still out there. But when it comes to younger ones, Luka's still in his mid-20s. 
Jokic is still 28 years old. He could play another decade of basketball. Giannis, he's he's still very young, despite having a long career already, one that's probably able to be in the Hall of Fame as of today. But when it comes to it, stack that up against the youngest hotshot American players of recent years. Look at recent drafts. Guys that go through AAU and you know, play play at college for one year, or go to the G League, or whatever the fact is. I can find several things that I don't like about these players as opposed to the Euro players. And on top of it, I, I think they just don't have as tough of a mentality. If you, from the age of five, were told that you were the, gro- the GOAT, you're the best, no one will beat you, you are destined for success, you go through AAU, an advanced schooling system, just because of your gifts, they force you to go through it, then they force you to go to college, you're playing basketball as a lifestyle. At the end of the day, though, I think there's a flaw in the system. I think that in America now, we view winning in so many different ways. And I think we look at stardom sometimes more than we look at success or results. You'd rather be a personality than an authentic person trying to, you know, be yourself. People look at images and want that more than what the person really is. Everyone looks at the guy with the shiny car and think, ooh, I want to be him at the stoplight. But do you really want to be that guy when you then switch seats and find out that the dude is over his head in debt because he took out a loan on a car he cannot afford? Just because something looks shiny does not necessarily mean that lifestyle is shiny. That is a learning lesson a lot of people need. Now, where does this, what does this mean with basketball? What the hell are you talking about? Well, look at some of the names that have come up and been big U.S. stars in recent years. I'm looking at names like uh, Marvin Bagley, a big star out of Duke. DeAndre Ayton, a big star out of Arizona. A big uh, number one overall recruit, number one draft pick. Zion Williamson, LaMelo Ball. These are all players that are young and have had a lot of issues. What about Ja Morant? by any means. Dude loves being Yosemite Sam with pistols shooting him at the sky instead of actually focusing on being able to play the sport that he is paid so handsomely to do. Now, let's switch that to some of the Euro players that I've been talking about. Which ones are having the injury concerns? Eh, None of them, really. Who is a more skill-based player? I'm looking at Jokic. Maybe not as much Giannis because he is a more brute force type player, but Luka is one of the more talented players when it comes to skill in the entire league. They don't rely on athleticism. I look at someone's game like John Morant, who looks very fun, very flashy, but at the end of the day, he relies on his athleticism a lot. A Russell Westbrook, for, for example. A lot of American players, I see a similar pattern. High ceiling, which is he is not gifted anywhere except he can jump out of the gym. And at the end of the day, when it comes to the AAU circuits and the minor leagues, if you really want to call them a basketball, in America, all you really need is is to be able to jump out of the gym. They don't play defense. All you need to do is run to the hoop and try and dunk it or do a great finish. Nobody knows how to shoot. There are no sharpshooters anymore. And on top of it, they don't play any defense. So you're going to have a bunch of Russell Westbrooks out there running around while people like Jokic can shoot it from the three. They can back down anyone and score on them or Luka, who's one of the just most masterful uh, playmakers and scorers in the league right now. Or Giannis, who's just an unstoppable 
brute force. I don't think that this level of skill or or grind is in, is ingrained into any of these people. A lot of them see the star that comes with being a basketball player instead of truly trying to win. The the thing that everyone jokes about when it comes to Nikola Jokic is the fact that he doesn't seem very interested in, at all in the fact that he won the NBA title and he just wants to go back to Serbia and go back to his farm. As funny as that is, I think that's a very humble approach. It's not all about them. It's not unnecessary. We don't need extra cameras. We don't need extra... We don't need stories. We don't need drama. It's something that made people sick. It's ridiculous. One thing that drove me absolutely nuts when it came to the NBA a couple seasons ago in the bubble, um, I almost thought it was disrespectful. I may be barking up the wrong tree here, but... Tell me if I'm wrong in the comments here. When the Heat were playing the Lakers in the bubble, when they had a chance to clinch the series and win, it had been right after Kobe Bryant had passed away, if people remember that. They had special Mamba edition jerseys that they had been wearing to, uh, I guess, pay respects to Kobe. However, though, when it was an elimination game and they were up 3 two or three one sorry they want we're gonna wear their mamba jerseys because what would look better than lebron winning one for the lakers wearing the mamba jersey winning the championship when it looks so good so special yeah it would look absolutely cheesy it looks forced it looks fake and I think that there are more people that are more focused about that than actually winning. It's not just winning, it's how you win. You can't just play good basketball and win. You have to be an all-star. You have to have cool hair. You have to have your own shoe deal. You have to be athletic. You have to be able to posterize anybody in sight. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people have blinded themselves from what the true meaning uh, of winning is. It's the most important thing out of it all. Cut to, uh, again, drama, rumors, what players are demanding trades, which ones are deemed locker room cancers, which ones are deemed injury-prone, you know, mistakes. Someone like Zion Williamson, he can't cut enough weight to even stay healthy before his knee's given out. He's an athletic freak, but if he's not able to develop his game once his athleticism is gone, he might have an eight-year career at best. Or look at someone that's just an absolute diva that has to jump from team to team to team. I'm talking about Kyrie. I'm talking about KD. I'm talking about Harden. These are all stars, but I think that outside of winning, they have other things that are more interesting to them. How do they? How is their brand look? How is their image, you know, looked? They don't care. When it, when I look at foreign players, I look at again Giannis, Jokic. Luca, these are huge stars, but they don't care about all of that. I don't see Luca forcing himself into commercials. I don't see Jokic starting drama with people. I don't see Giannis as someone that looks fame hungry. And so I, I truly wonder as these players get better, and I still think that the majority of players, and I think the majority of talent in the game of basketball comes out of the United States, but I do wonder as the top-end talent seems to change, are we seeing a changing of the guards when it comes to one of America's best games, basketball? I want to ask you that, and I want to know what you think. So, Tell me if I knew what I was talking about at all. Tell me if I sounded absolutely stupid. Bottom line with it, though, is I thought it was something that you would be interested in. 
So, again, take care. Have a good night. Adios.